Day 8, the second story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eugene Smith. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day 8, the second story. The priest of Varlungo lies with Mona Belcolore. He leaves with her his cloak by way of pledge and receives from her a mortar. He returns the mortar and demands of her the cloak that he had left in pledge, which the good lady returns him with a jibe. Ladies and men alike commended Gualfardo for the check that he gave to the creed of the Milanese lady. But before they had done, the queen turned to Pamphilo, and with a smile bade him follow suit, wherefore thus Pamphilo began. Fair my ladies, it occurs to me to tell you a short story, which reflects no credit on those by whom we are continually wronged without being able to retaliate, to wit, the priests, who have instituted a crusade against our wives, and deem that, when they have made conquest of one of them, they have done a work every whit as worthy of recompense by remission of sin and punishment, as if they had brought the soldan and chains to Avignon. In which respect, tis not possible for the hapless laity to be even with them. Howbeit, they are as hot to make reprisals on the priests' mothers, sisters, mistresses, and daughters, as the priests to attack their wives. Wherefore I am minded to give you, as I may do in few words, the history of a rustic amour, the conclusion whereof was not a little laughable, nor barren of moral, for you may also gather therefrom that tis not always well to believe everything that a priest says. I say then that at Varlungo, a village hard by here, as all of you, my ladies, should wot either of your own knowledge or by report, there dwelt a worthy priest, and doughty of body in the service of the ladies, who, albeit he was none too quick at his book, had no lack of precious and blessed solecisms to edify his flock with all of a Sunday under the elm. And when the men were out of doors, he would visit their wives as never a priest had done before him, bringing them feast-day gowns and holy water, and now again a bit of candle, and giving them his blessing. Now it so befell that among those of his fair parishioners whom he most affected, the first place was at length taken by one Mona Belcolore, the wife of a husbandman that called himself Ventivegna del Mazzo. And in good sooth, she was a winsome and lusty country lass, brown as a berry and buxom enough, and fitter than e'er another for his mill. Moreover, she had not her match in playing the tabret and singing. The borage is full sappy, and in leading a brawl or a breakdown, no matter who might be next her, with a fair and dainty kerchief in her hand. Which spells so wrought upon Master Priest, that for love of her he grew distracted, and did not all day long but loiter about the village, on the chance of catching sight of her and if of a sunday morning he espied her in church he strove might and main to acquit himself of his curiae and sanctus 
in the style of a great singer albeit his performance was liker to the braying of an ass whereas if he saw her not he scarce exerted himself at all however he managed with such discretion that neither bentevegna del mazzo nor any of the neighbours wist aught of his love and hoping thereby to ingratiate himself with mona belcolore he from time to time would send her presents now a clove of fresh garlic the best in all the countryside from his own garden which he tilled with his own hands and anon a basket of beans or a bunch of chives or shallots and when he thought it might serve his turn he would give her a sly glance and follow it up with a little amorous mocking and mowing which she with rustic awkwardness feigned not to understand and ever maintained her reserve so that master priest made no headway now it so befell that one day when the priest at high noon was aimlessly gadding about the village he encountered bentevegna del mazzo at the tail of a well-laden ass and greeted him asking him whither he was going if faith sir quoth bentevegna for sure tis to town i go having an affair or two to attend to there and i'm taking these things to ser bonacore di ginestretto to get him to stand by me and i wot not what matter whereof the justice of the quorum has by his provoker served me with a pertrumpery summons to appear before him whereupon tis well my son quoth the priest overjoyed my blessing go with thee good luck to thee and a speedy return and hark ye shouldst thou see lapuccio or naldino do not forget to tell them to send me those thongs for my flails it shall be done quoth pentevegna and jogged on towards florence while the priest thinking that now was his time to hie him to belcolore and try his fortune put his best leg forward and stayed not till he was at the house which entering he said god be gracious to us who is within belcolore who was up in the loft made answer welcome sir but what dost thou gadding about in the heat why as i hope for god's blessing quoth he i am just come to stay with thee for a while having met thy husband on his way to town whereupon down came belcolore took a seat and began sifting cabbage seed that her husband had lately threshed by and by the priest began so belcolore wilt thou keep me ever a-dying thus whereat belcolore tittered and said why what's it i do to you truly nothing at all replied the priest but thou sufferest me not to do to thee that which i had lief and which god commands now away with you returned belcolore do priests do that sort of thing indeed we do quoth the priest and to better purpose than others why not i tell you our grinding is far better and wouldst thou know why tis because tis intermittent and in truth twill be well worth thy while to keep thine own counsel and let me do it worth my while ejaculated belcolore how may that be there is never a one of you but would overreach the very devil tis not for me to say returned the priest say but what thou wouldst have shall it be a pair of dainty shoes or wouldst thou prefer a fillet or perchance a gay ribbon what's thy will 
marry no lack have i quoth belcor already of such things as these but if you wish me so well why do me not a service and i would then be at your command name but the service returned the priest and gladly will i do it quoth then belcolore on saturday i have to go to florence to deliver some wool that i have spun and to get my spinning-wheel put in order lend me but five pounds i know you have them and i will redeem my purse petticoat from the pawn-shop and also the girdle that i wear on saints days and that i had when i was married you see that without them i cannot go to church or anywhere else and then i will do just as you wish thenceforth and for ever whereupon so god give me a good year quoth he as i have not the money with me but never fear that i will see that thou hast it before saturday with all the pleasure in life ay ay rejoined belcolore you all make great promises but then you never keep them think you to serve me as you serve biliuzza whom you left in the lurch at last god's faith you do not so to think that she turned woman of the world just for that if you have not the money with you why go and get it prithee returned the priest send me not home just now for seest thou tis the very nick of time with me and the coast is clear and perchance it might not be so on my return and in short i know not when it would be likely to go so well as now whereto she did but rejoin good if you are minded to go get you gone if not stay where you are the priest therefore seeing that she was not disposed to give him what he wanted as he was fain to wit on his own terms but was bent on having a quid pro quo changed his tone and lo now quoth he thou doubtest i will not bring thee the money so to set thy mind at rest i will leave thee this cloak thou seest tis good sky-blue silk in pledge so raising her head and glancing at the cloak and what may the cloak be worth quoth belcolore worth ejaculated the priest i would have thee know that tis all do i not to say true i make nay there are some of our folk here that say tis quadruai and tis not a fortnight since i bought it of lotto the second-hand dealer for seven good pounds and then had it five good sold i under value by what i hear from bulietto who thou knowest is an excellent judge of these articles oh say you so exclaimed belcore so help me god i should not have thought it however let me look at it so master priest being ready for action doffed the cloak and handed it to her and she having put it in a safe place said to him now sir we will away to the hut there is never a soul goes there and so they did and their master priest giving her many a mighty bus and straining her to his sacred person solaced himself with her no little while which done he hied him away in his cassock as if he were come from officiating at a wedding but when he was back in his holy quarters he bethought him that not all the candles that he received by way of offering in the course of an entire year would amount to half of five pounds and saw that he had made a bad bargain and repented him that he had left the cloak in pledge and cast about how he might recover it without paying anything and as he did not lack cunning he hit upon an excellent expedient 
by which he compassed his end so on the morrow being a saint's day he sent a neighbor's lad to mona belcolore with a request that she would be so good as to lend him her stone mortar for that Binguccio del poggio and nuto buglietti were to breakfast with him that morning and he therefore wished to make a sauce belcolore having sent the mortar the priest about breakfast time reckoning that bentivegna del mazzo and belcolore would be at their meal called his clerk and said to him take the mortar back to belcolore and say my master thanks you very kindly and bids you return the cloak that the lad left with you in pledge the clerk took the mortar to belcolore's house where finding her at table with bentivegna he set the mortar down and delivered the priest's message whereto belcolore would fain have demurred but bentivegna gave her a threatening glance saying so then thou takest a pledge from master priest by christ i vow i have half a mind to give thee a great clout of the chin go give it back at once or murrain on thee and look to it that whatever he may have a mind to were it our very ass he be never denied so with a very bad grace belcolore got up and went to the wardrobe and took out the cloak and gave it to the clerk saying tell thy master from me would to god he may never ply pestle in my mortar again such honour has he done me for this turn so the clerk returned with the cloak and delivered the message to master priest who laughing made answer tell her when thou next seest her that so she lend us not the mortar i will not lend her the pestle be it tit for tat bentivegna made no account of his wife's words deeming that twas but his chiding that had provoked them but belcolore was not a little displeased with master priest and had never a word to say to him till the vintage after which what with the salutary fear in which she stood in the mouth of lucifer the great to which he threatened to consign her and the must and roast chestnuts that he sent her she made it up with him and many a jolly time they had together and though she got not the five pounds from him he put a new skin on her tabret and fitted it with a little bell wherewith she was satisfied end of day eight the second story